Okay, new products this week. A little bit of a reminder. We are opening, and we are open, and we have been open. And we're Smart shipping. and safe. That's right. All of us at Adafruit, thank you. These are some pre-COVID photos. Thank you for your orders and more. Shipping, smart and safe, worldwide. We've been doing it in New York City That's from us. the beginning. First up, we have it coming soon. Coming soon, the Cutie Pie uh, Rev B. Well, I think we showed this off on a previous. It's not out yet, but it's getting closer to release. Uh, we've got some beautiful silkscreen from Phil B, an optional SPI flash chip on the bottom. We'll also, of course, stock the flash chips. Castellated pads, your favorite SAMD21, reset button, and a Stemma QT connector, along with uh, easy to plug and play uh, USB-C. So everything you've ever wanted in a cute little board that can run CircuitPython is coming. All right. Official pins from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. Yeah, these are really beautiful pins. They're a little larger than you'd think. They're about the size of a quarter. Um, these uh, beautiful enamel pins let you show your Pi pride. Pick one up, nice wear pin. it, put it on your backpack. All good stuff. It's a good pin. Nice pin. We have a, a kit of um, M3 size black nylon screws and standoffs by popular demand. Um, so these are metric three size. So historically we've used, you know, Imperial 256, 440 size screws, but we're kind of slowly adapting everything to be metric because, well, you know, the rest of the world uses metric. Um, so these are M3, so three millimeter uh, size holes work best. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, these kinds of standoffs, which have like, you know, a socket and a post. Uh, we've got ones that have double socket, so... Uh, you know, you can use a screw from both sides to uh, attach a PCB or a standoff, uh, sorry, standoffs and PCBs. Uh, you have the standoffs in a couple different sizes. We've got uh, super short socket socket up to very long socket socket. And then, of course, these like extender style, we've got two. And then we've got um, the screws in three sizes and then a mess load of hex nuts. So uh, really good for just like attaching stuff. Uh, the reason I like the black nylon is non-conductive. So it won't mess up your um, circuits. It doesn't mar. So you don't have to worry about like maybe damaging a trace or, or, or uh, stripping anything. Um, they're not as strong as steel screws, but uh, we find that they work great for electronics and uh, are a lot safer and easier to use than um, stainless screw, stainless steel screw kits. Uh, and it comes in a nice little latchy box. Okay. Next up. Next up, we have two uh, variants of these UART ultrasonic sonar sensors. So uh, these are sonar sensors that are, they're, what I like about these is they're kind of like durable style. Um, now they're not waterproof, like I don't, I wouldn't put them outside in the rain, but uh, if you're using them, you know, in installations or robotics, you don't want to use the ones that are like literally a raw PCB with a, a sonar sensor on it. These are nicely enclosed. This one has a horn on it, and so it can go up to like six or seven meters of distance. Um, it does have a blind spot of 30 centimeters, so it's not for seeing distances less than 30 centimeters, right? Like it, you'll get an echo effect. So it has to be 30 centimeters away, but then it can go up to like, you know, seven meters. And what I like about these is they are UART. So um, they're very easy to use. You only need um, power ground 
and uh, a UART pin. There's another pin for you know customization if you if you need it, but um, like resetting the sensor. Um, but it's not necessary. So you can connect this even over a USB to serial converter cable to a computer. Um, so if you want to like have you know distance uh, sensing data come in um, into your program and you just want to read it over the serial port or Python or, or Ruby or whatever, you can do it. So I'm just kind of like, you know, pointing it at the ceiling here and you can see it, it can go a couple meters. Um, with the cone, I think it's a 40 degree spread. So just keep that in mind. If you're trying to measure something far away, um, you know, the, the beam spreads 40 degrees. So you'll be getting a lot of other stuff in the area. Um, if you remove the horn, I think the degree spread is like 50 or 60. So you do want to keep the horn on. It lets you get that farther distances. I think I was able to get about six meters in this somewhat small Manhattan apartment. It's specced up to seven and a half, but I'll just let you know. I, I didn't get seven. I couldn't get seven and a half. I got six. But um, it's good for six. Okay. Do you want me to show the other one too? Yeah. And then there's another version. Same kind of idea, but this is like a panel mount button style. I think this one is good to three and a half or four meters or so. Uh, it still has a blind spot, so um, you know, not good for less than 30 centimeters or so. Uh, but it's what I like about this is it's panel mount. It's very beautiful looking. It's elegant. You can't really tell that it's a sonar module. So especially if you if you want to like create installation where it detects when somebody walks in front of it or how close they are, um, this is a nice flush mount design. So it's a very beautiful uh, sensor. And both of these use the same UART uh, protocol. We have Arduino and Python example code linked from the products. All right, next up. Next up, we have this very inexpensive and simple to use dust sensor from Sharp. So this is the Sharp, oh boy, I keep forgetting the, the name because the name is quite long. It's the GP2Y. Uh, one zero one yeah it's long anyways I call it the GP2Y so the GP2Y is a it's not what I would call a PM 2.5 sensor in the sense that it gives you particles for every size and like how many particles instead it gives you an analog voltage out after you've triggered it with the LED and um, it just kind of gives you like it, it gives you like a rough estimation of the dust, but it's not going to tell you like how much dust at each particle size. It uses an LED and just looks for scattering of the LED. That said, it's very inexpensive. It's like, you know, seven or eight bucks compared to a PM 2.5 sensor, which is like 30, 40 or $50. So, you know, or even more calibrated ones that can go up to the hundreds of dollars. So if you're doing a science project or product where you really, you don't need to know like how dusty it is over a certain amount. You just want to know, like, look, is it, is it dusty or not? Uh, this is a really good option because it's very simple and it's inexpensive. And Sharp makes uh, good electronics. This is a rather uh, old uh, design. It's been around for quite a while. We just haven't stocked it. Um, so it's uh, well-known and reliable. Now in here, it's, it's not dusty. Um, it does require some extra components that we've included, uh, but there's uh, a wiring diagram in the data sheet I will say that it's not good for use with CircuitPython or Python or other interpreted um, uh, microcontroller programming languages. Uh, I'm using here with Arduino because you need to trigger the LED and then get the reading back within like under a millisecond or so. So um, for that kind of timing specificity, uh, Arduino or another C, C++, very fast, non-interpreted language is best. That's the trade-off. It's inexpensive, but you know you can't use it like with a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Um, the processing 
overhead comes from somewhere. That's right. It's like, yeah. but if if you do have nothing's like, for free. Yeah, if you have an Arduino, you just want to do like a simple dust or environmental sensor. This will just it also do just fine uh, for you. And if you need to use it with a Raspberry Pi or you need more sensing elements, pick up one of the PM 2.5s. So that's the difference between the two and why the price difference is, is quite large. Okay. Okay. Next up, the star of the show tonight, besides you, lady of the community, the customers and our team is? The MIDI Featherwing. So this is a uh, Featherwing that adds two MIDI jacks uh, by popular demand from all the musician folks. Um, this uh, is quite old design, but I finally finished it. This has a uh, opto-coupled uh, MIDI converter on it. Uh, it's designed for use with three volts, so you don't have to worry about, like, usually people are like, oh, no, MIDI is four and a half to five volts. This one's designed for three, and I picked an opto-coupler that works at three just fine. You mm -hmm. get both an input and an output. Uh, it does come as a kit, um, and there's a reason for that. So you get the headers, and you get the two MIDI jacks, and then you solder the MIDI jacks on. And you're wondering, like, well, why does it come with the MIDI jacks already assembled? Well, the reason is is because um, some people might want to use it with 3.5 millimeter audio jacks, and that's like for the MIDI A 3.5 standard. Uh, mm. Newer synthesizers, drum machines, sequencers are starting to use the, you know this audio cable basically as a um, MIDI interface cable. It's the same um, like protocol. You're still sending 31.25 kilobyte data with like you know seven bit and eight bit data mixed um, for commands and data however it's uses a different cable size so if you want to do that don't solder in the midi jacks yeah and instead that. you can do that or that yeah you pick up the 3.5 millimeter audio jacks we have them in stock they're a very standard size and that way you can mix and match you can have one of the each other you can, i'm not forcing you no you get to choose you get to choose all up to you. This isn't some type of cult. <laughs> you know, you got choices. MIDI is kind of a cult. Um, okay, yeah. so one thing to another thing to watch for the MIDI. Uh, so one cool thing is I put uh, two LEDs on the bottom uh, that they'll they'll blink when you use the MIDI. So they'll they they're little passive LEDs. So you'll know when data is being sent and received. So that's kind of handy. Um, one thing to watch out for is MIDI. Uh, it, this is connecting through the hardware serial pins on the feather. And um, not every feather has hardware serial available. So if you're using an ESP8266 or a Feather NRF52, not the 840, the original NRF52832, or if you're using the Feather 328P, you will not be happy with using this MIDI feather wing um, because those feathers do not have hardware serial available. It's just a trade-off of using them. The hardware serial is used for upload and debug. However, any other Feather, 32E4, ESP32, okay. NF2A40, TNC, whatever, SCM32, all of those will work just fine. And uh, you can use any MIDI UART example. Um, I link to one in Arduino and I link to one in CircuitPython. It's quite simple. You basically just use the hardware UART at 31.25 kilobaud and send and receive MIDI packets to your heart's content. So, all you synthesizer folks, you have it. There's no excuse now. Build your feather synth. Nice new products. Ooh.